Hi, welcome to the Speaking Postpartum Podcast, hosted by myself, Ryan Speak, where women share their stories about their postpartum journeys. Come along with me to listen to their stories of the struggles, the joys, and the many things that go unsaid when it comes to postpartum. This is Speaking Postpartum. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and your family? Uh, so my name is Lindsay. I live in uh, Orange County with my husband, Robbie, and my identical twin boys, uh, David and James. They'll be two in a couple of months. Toddlers. <laughs> so <laughs> wild. And then, oh, I keep, I almost forgot. I'm pregnant with a singleton. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. We're having a little girl in August. Oh my gosh. So oh. what are you like? 14 weeks, 15 weeks, somewhere around there? Uh, yeah, almost 14 weeks. Wow. Might a little well girl too. Add, How fun. Out of the chaos, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, having two, will it, do you think it'll be like, oh, one, this is easy. <laughs> That's what people keep telling me. They, they keep telling me, you are going to be amazed at how much easier it is. So I'm really banking on that. And I'm hoping that the boys will be at that age then. Like right now, they're where they really want to like help me with everything. Yeah. So I'm hoping they'll just help with the new baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I love that too, because my son, when he was born, he was, or when my daughter was born, he was turning three. He was a month away from being three. And so he was actually very helpful. Like I'd be like, can you grab me a diaper? And he'd be like, sure. And then he could get his own snacks and his own water himself. So it was actually kind of nice. <laughs> That is exactly what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Sometimes though, I'll be like, can you get me a diaper? And I'll be like, mm, no, and run away. And you're like, not helpful. <laughs> that sounds like my kids too. Okay. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just kind of see how that unfolds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me a bit about, so you have twins. Tell me a bit about your pregnancy and birth with them. Um, okay. Just in general. So, um, so my twins, they were, they were spontaneous, identical twins. Um, they're called, I learned all this like crazy stuff about yeah, twins. Once I got pregnant with twins, <laughs> there's like all different kinds of twins. <laughs> so um, mine were mono dye. So they were in separate sacks, but shared a placenta. Whoa. So it immediately put me in like the high risk uh, Irish pregnancy. <laughs> and um yeah, I think my I think my husband took the news better than I did, to be honest. <laughs> I remember I just I was in the doctor's office and I I thought they were joking. I really did thought they, they tell were joking. You, did they do an ultrasound? How many weeks were you when they told you you were having twins? So I was a little over seven weeks and oh so I'm also I guess I should throw it out there that I'm like a postpartum nurse. So, yeah. <laughs> um yeah. So I was at the hospital that I work at and and that's why I thought they were joking. I thought like my husband and the doctor had like concocted this like joke while I was in the bathroom and they were just going to mess with me and say that it was like twins. And I had just taken care of like a set of twins and a mom like a few weeks before that. And I remember like at the end of my shift going like, man, that's, that was really hard. Like, <laughs> God bless those people. I'm going to go home and take a nap. <laughs> and Oh yeah. So I found out, um, that it was twins at about seven, I think it was like seven and three, seven and four. Okay. Um, and we found out that they were identical twins at like, I think 13 weeks. Mm -hmm. So it automatically, um, you know, with, with mono dye twins, there's a risk for something called twin to twin transfusion syndrome where, um, you know, blood, blood vessels can be shared and they can, the way the doctor described it to me is that, you know, kids typically don't like to share evenly. Mm. So they monitor it really closely to make sure that the babies are, uh, are sharing nutrients properly. Mm -hmm. So you have an ultrasound every two weeks, um, growth scans every month. Um, and the goal is to make it to 37 weeks tops because yeah. after that, uh, the placenta just has a shorter shelf life when there's, you know, two babies instead of one. Yeah the risk of complications are a lot higher. Um, so it was, I, I got like a lot of cool ultrasound photos. It was, it was actually pretty cool. Um, it's bizarre having a singleton pregnancy now. I'm like, wait, you want to see me in five weeks? <laughs> You're like, that's a hit. Are, are you sure? You don't want to like look again? <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre. Um, yeah. So I, 
I feel kind of bad because my twin pregnancy was so easy. Really? And that's, that's not the norm. Um, yeah. I, I was nauseous for like two weeks and then I went away. And I remember being like tired in the first trimester, but I also worked nights. So that was just like my baseline. You know? Right. You're like, I'm always tired. <laughs> yeah, like always tired. Like, um, that's, that's not, you know, out of the norm. I did start, I started showing like really, really early. Um, but I kind of just breezed through it. It was not it wasn't really hard. Um, That's nice though. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I was so lucky. I didn't have uh, like gestational diabetes, which, you know, is, you have a higher chance of having that with, with twins. Mm. Um, I didn't have preeclampsia, which you know, is also pretty common with twins. Um, things got, things started to go a, like a little bit awry at the end. Mm. So let's see, I worked I worked on the floor until about 24 weeks. And then I did, I did, um, I went modified. So I was just doing like discharge teaching and, and, you know, chart audits and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. And I started having contractions that I assume were Braxton Hicks. Uh, yeah. It was early. It was probably like 22 weeks. I started noticing mm -hmm. them. Um, and let's see, I went off the floor at 28 weeks. And I was, I was still having a lot of Braxton Hicks, but, um, you know, they weren't changing my cervix. They didn't hurt. So I wasn't really concerned and neither was my doctor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just kind of breezed through it, <laughs> um, until, <laughs> uh, until the delivery, yeah, so, always. <laughs> um, until the delivery, <laughs> um, so at 32, 32 weeks, um, I, no, it was thir 30 weeks. I started, I got really, really bad swelling in mm. my, in my lower extremities. And I started to worry about my blood pressure, but I kept, uh, I would go to CVS and check it because I didn't have a blood <laughs> pressure cup at home <laughs> um, and it was always normal, but my feet were like four times the size that they normally are. Uh, okay. so that was kind of a bummer. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it made for, you know, finding footwear that fit pretty challenging. <laughs> I ended up buying a pair of sandals that was a size larger than I normally wear. So I tell all my mamas to buy those now. <laughs> Did your feet go back down to normal size later or it are they took, still bigger? It took like two weeks. My husband called them my Fred Flintstone feet. And when I walked <laughs> by, he would go yabba dabba do. And I'm still resentful about it. <laughs> still a little bit resentful. <laughs> Um, but yes, they did go back down. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, yeah, like that was like, got a little bit harder. Um, I did a lot of prenatal yoga during my mm -hmm. pregnancy though. And I think that really helped with like back pain and, mm. you know, the kind of aches and pains normally come along with pregnancy. I think it was going to yoga like three or four times a week. Um, yeah. and I, I, let's see. So 32 and six, um, I'm still having the same contractions that I've been having for, for weeks. Um, the only thing that was different was that I had a backache mm. and, and look, and I hadn't had a backache like that my entire pregnancy. And, and looking back, if I had been using like the nurse part of my brain, I probably would have been like, Hmm, high risk pregnancy been having yes. contractions for weeks now new onset back pain you should probably go to L&D and get checked out yeah but I didn't like instead I I figured everything was fine and um I finished writing all the thank yous for my baby shower I nested hardcore that should have been like another indication that something was like <laughs> not okay because I nested hardcore I bought like all the rest of the stuff that we needed for the nurseries and like postpartum or so I thought off of like Amazon <laughs> and Target and, you know, mailed out the thank yous. And yeah, like it's so like looking back, I'm like, it was all like the writing was on the wall. Like so, something was going to mm -hmm. happen. And I just went about my business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so my poor husband, he had been remodeling the house that we were going to move into for months and he finished it the day before 
Wow. And he, he came, we were living in an apartment while the house was being remodeled. And he, he was like, you know, I think I'm going to get like a really good night's sleep and I'm going to take a Benadryl and just knock out. And I was like, honey, you've worked so hard. You do that. You take that Benadryl. <laughs> you get a good night's sleep. You deserve rest. it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Poor man. <laughs> so at like 10 o'clock at night, um, my water breaks. And it was like the, like the movie, you know, shooting. I was like in bed watching ER and my water, it just burst mm-hmm. everywhere. And my, I just started punching my husband and this oh poor man. I'm like, get it out, get it out, we need to go. Um, and I called my unit and asked who the surgeon was on that night because uh, I was a control freak and I wanted to oh, know yeah. what, you know, yes. if I didn't like the doctor that was on, I was going to go to a different hospital. <laughs> <laughs> we got in the car and like the contractions were immediately, I, I tried to do the contraction timer and they were like a minute to a minute and a half apart and they, and they hurt now. It wasn't like the Braxton Hicks yeah. I had been having. I mean, like I was having to moan and like yell through them. Um, so and they came on that fast that you were, it was like a minute, minute and a half apart, like almost immediately. Yeah. It was like go time. Like the water broke and it was immediately like that. So I had to have been having them all day. I just you know, I'm assuming that one or both babies was posterior and that's why I was having the back pain. Um, yeah. I'm not sure, but yeah, it was like that nice cushion of <laughs> amniotic fluid was gone and it was go Yeah. Oh man. I was just, my hat is off to anybody that has a natural birth. Like mm-hmm. so much respect. I, no, mm-hmm. not for me. <laughs> not for me either. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So we got to the hospital and, um, you know, I, I got checked in and it turns out I was six centimeters, 90% of the face, negative one mm. station. Mm. Uh, so who knows if I, you know, dilated from how long I had been dilated like that. I had literally had a doctor's appointment the day before and um, they were checking my cervix like with the ultrasounds and nothing was amiss the day before. So I think it was just, it all happened all at once. Um, and it kind of like, you know, this is where like the, the postpartum kind of starts to come in because it's weird. Like I, I knew that I had a high risk pregnancy and I had a Mm -hmm. really high likelihood of having NICU babies. Um, it, I saw it all the time on the twin groups. I saw it all the time at work. Um, like I knew that, but even when the neonatologist came in and, um, you know, it's like, yeah, so these babies are going to be about 33 weeks when they're born. Mm. Uh, you know, they're going to have to come with me and they'll most likely be in the NICU until their due mm-hmm. date. It's still like, it was still like this weird, like, wait, what? Like, yeah. What? Yeah. I have no. to be separated from my babies. Yeah. Like, like that's like, we were, I don't know. I loved being pregnant. I loved every second of it. I loved mm-hmm. every kick. I loved the closeness that I had with my babies. Like I hadn't slept for weeks because they were really active at night and yeah. it didn't matter because I loved it. Yeah. Um, so to hear that, it was just like, what? Um, and uh, I, um, I requested a C-section. I, I could have attempted a vaginal birth. They were both head down and it, you know, <laughs> seemed like David baby A was r- really set on making his way. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, my, for whatever reason, my gut told me that it wasn't the, the best way. So I, yeah. I requested a C-section. Um, and the doctor that was on was like, that's fine. Let's do it. Uh, so they, um, you know, they got me to the OR and, God bless that anesthesiologist with his spinal. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make it. <laughs> mm-hmm. The true heroes. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Ellen D nurse that was, was holding my hands for the spinal. She's like, yeah, I think you were probably in transition at that point. I think you were probably mm-hmm. about eight. It was like, yeah, it Oof. felt like it. Cause I could feel him moving down. Yeah. Like you could feel, feel him descending. Yeah. It was like, I, get, we gotta go, gotta go right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, they let my husband in and a few minutes later, I, I heard David's cry. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and, and there's nothing like hearing your baby cry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he was, he was angry <laughs> <laughs> and they took him over to the warmer and I couldn't see him, but I sent my husband over. And then, um, a couple minutes later, the anesthesiologist said second baby's out and there was no cry. Mm. Um, and and I asked my husband later, I was like, was I just out of it or did James not cry? Um, mm -hmm. and he said, no, he didn't cry right away. It wasn't, and James needed a lot more help. Um, mm. He needed a lot more help. Neither one needed to be intubated, luckily. Um, they were, they were on CPAP. Um, but my husband went over to the warmer and was like holding their hands and he got to cut the cords and, and mm. do all that stuff. And, um, they, uh, the NICU team was there and they, they wheeled them by like my face before, um, they took them to the NICU, mm -hmm. but it was just like me, like waving it and like, Hey guys, I'm your mom. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then they were gone. Mm -hmm. Um, and like my only, I didn't have a birth plan or anything. Like my only request was that like my husband stay with the babies and, you know, like, I'll be fine. I've got my people. I literally had like the dream team for my surgery. I had like the nurses that I wanted, the doctors that I wanted. I had everybody mm -hmm. that I wanted. <laughs> like, I'll be fine. Just stay with the boys. Um, and I don't know if this is like common. I've never like actually asked anybody else, but for me, mm -hmm. it was like the postpartum depression started as soon as the cords were cut. Mm. Like, I just felt devastated. Yeah. Um, and it was like, like I wasn't ready. Yeah. And I know that sounds like crazy, but I just wasn't, I wasn't ready to share them. Mm -hmm. And it was too sudden. Like, yeah, it wasn't how it was supposed to be. Um, and you know, luckily, like one of the nurses got a bunch of pictures of the boys for me. Um, and like my husband cutting the cords and mm. um, I was showing them to me. And um, I'm glad I didn't look too deeply at them at the time. Because when I look at the pictures of James now, I could see like the nurse in me would freak out if I saw a baby like that. His lips were mm -hmm. blue. He was, he was gray. Um, mm. But he's kind of just he was just, his eyes were open and he was just kind of looking around and that's kind of how he is now. Um, mm. you know, David's like my outgoing one, you know, comes in loud and just jumps right in. And, and James is more like, he just sits back and kind of takes it in first. Yeah. He's an observer. <laughs> he is. So, you know, maybe that was just his personality. Um, yeah. And they took me over to the postpartum unit and those were like, you know, my peeps. Yeah. But it wasn't the same without my babies. Yeah. You know, and all my coworkers were there and congratulating me and giving me hugs and you know, they got me settled in my room and when everybody left, my husband was like, How are you? Are you okay? And I was like, I want my babies. Mm-hmm. I need my babies. Yeah. And um, you know, I just couldn't. It felt like a piece of my body was missing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so because I had the C-section, I uh, I couldn't get up right away, but um, my boss did me a solid in the morning and um she got a nurse to come and get me up in a wheelchair early because we used to keep people in bed for 12 hours um, mm -hmm. and then they could get up and the NICU doesn't want pe like moms to come and visit when they're still hooked up to IVs and all that stuff and mm -hmm. I was like motivated I was like get me out of this bed get me up I'll get in a wheelchair get rid of the IV I'll drink I'll drink fluids I'm not nauseous yeah. let's do this and um my husband like helped get me out of bed and I got in a wheelchair and I got to go see my babies. <laughs> mm. um, and it's weird. Like 
I mean, I think a lot, like the pain meds definitely helped. <laughs> um, it was created like a, like a, the phys, you know, helped the physical pain, but also like that emotional buffer that I needed to get to the experience. Yeah. Um, because it's, it was weird. Like I didn't, I was like, those are my babies, but like, I hadn't like been able to touch them and hold them and do skin to skin with them. And, yeah. and the NICU is just like a different world. Like, cause I, I work postpartum where we just have like healthy term newborns um, yeah. and preemies are different. Um, and I was in for this like steep learning curve with, with premature babies and God bless those NICU nurses. Um, they are angels on earth. I love them. Um, mm-hmm. And they taught me like, you know, like babies that are that young, you can't really, you know, like with, I don't know if you do like with your babies, like even now I like will pat, like when like the kids are like cuddle on me, I'll like pat them and, and stroke yeah. them and stuff. And with, uh, with premature babies, like their little neurosystems can get like, they're overloaded with that kind of stuff. So they just mm-hmm. taught me, you know, like you can put your hands in and like kind of cup them and, and, and just let them know that you're there. But it's really, you need to like not stimulate them too much. And, mm-hmm. um, it's just a different world. Yeah. Um, so I, we stayed, I stayed in the hospital for, uh, so the boys were delivered a little after midnight on Thursday. And, um, and I stayed until Sunday um, and started getting like pumping established. And I remember like the first time I got to hold one of them, I got to hold James first. Um, and, and he was so small, like he fit in my hand, mm. you know, um, James was, he was three pounds, 15 ounces and David was four pounds, five ounces. So they were pretty close. Yeah. Um, and the whole time I was pregnant, my husband and I were both scared that we weren't going to be able to tell them apart. We're like, Oh God, like, how do we, do we paint a nail? Let's, <laughs> let's just leave the hospital bands on as long as they'll fit. Um, <laughs> we never had a problem telling them apart. And I was, I even like said to one of the neonatologists, I was like, are you sure that they're identical? Cause I feel like they really look different. And she kind of looked at me like, those babies look the same. <laughs> but <laughs> so, you just knew that they look different. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we could tell. Um, even now we think that they look different, but I think it's more their personalities. Yeah. Um, uh, on the last day that I was, it was Sunday, the day I was supposed to go home, um, they found blood in James's stool, mm. which can be a sign of um, NEC, which is a, is an infection, a gastrointestinal infection that um, can happen in premature babies, and it can, it can be really serious. Um, you can go from, from finding, from diagnosis to losing your baby in a really mm. short amount of time if it's not caught and, and treated properly um it's like it's like the fear that you hear about with NICU um mm-hmm. and they weren't they weren't sure if it was actually NAC um but they wanted to treat it like it was just in case um it's like we got that news and they're like hey by the way you have to go home today mm. <laughs> like you have to leave and yeah, my husband had been like by my side the whole time and up washing pump parts all night with yeah. me and um and he had been like so strong but when we got that news and he just broke down it was like I've never seen my husband cry like that yeah and I just felt like I had failed him like I'd failed my boys, you know, um, and I think that contributed to the postpartum looking yeah. back, um, you know, we had to like leave him there and, and go home. Um, and that kind of was the beginning of our NICU journey. Um, so with that, like David was basically a grower feeder. <laughs> he seemed very content to just snuggle and get his gavage feedings and mm. hang out. <laughs> um, he's kind of like that now. <laughs> <laughs> and 
James with the with the NAC, um, he couldn't. He had to be on some really heavy duty antibiotics for a week, mm-hmm. and he couldn't eat at all. They were giving him all of his nutrition um, through IV. Mm-hmm. So he was not a happy camper. <laughs> um, but after about uh, seven days, they started his feeds, and he they started him on a bottle right away. Um, and he's my husband and I joke that he must have made the decision at that time that he was never going to be hungry again. <laughs> he's just been the the better eater ever since. <laughs> um, and after that, it was mainly just about like getting them, you know, where they could eat from a bottle and and come home. Um, they were off all the oxygen and respiratory support within the first three days, but uh, it was just like getting them to have the stamina to suck, swallow, and breathe, and mm-hmm. and you know get home. Um, so. They were in the NICU for 24 days, and uh, the NICU staff said that it was pretty uncommon for twins to come home together, but uh, but they did. Um, they did. They came home together, and uh, you know, my husband and I, we we spent most as much time as we could with them in the NICU. So, like, my husband would get up at like 4:30 in the morning and get ready and go to the hospital be there by five and um do like their morning cares is what the NICU staff called them Mm -hmm. um you know do their feeding change their diaper do their vital signs that kind of stuff they let the parents Mm -hmm. do um and then I would he would go to work after that I would get there usually by nine and stay until like one and leave for a little bit and then we both come back at three and stay until the evening um, so basically like lived at the NICU. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. And then we go home and um and come back. <laughs> it's like a full time so, job also while you're still recovering from giving birth. Yeah, yeah. It's I think the only benefit of their NICU stay was that I was pretty well recovered from the C section. Right. By the time they came home, I didn't rest like I tell all my patients to do. I was up and walking and driving. Like, didn't want to take the pain meds because I wanted to drive and yeah. you know on the go right away. Mm-hmm. So, I but I also feel like, and I feel kind of bad saying this, like my C-section was really easy, mm-hmm. and I don't think the recovery was really that bad. But I think mm-hmm. it was because I didn't have babies to take care of right away. Like those NICU yeah. nurses did all the hard work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of your like mama bear mode kicked in where you're like, I will do anything to just be with my babies. Yeah. It it really didn't matter like how much it hurt. I was going to get up and I was going to like, you know, get in that car and get to the NICU. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was hard. Like I, I think like a, maybe a week and a half or two, two weeks into their NICU stay. One of the, it was one of the doctors that I knew from work. Um, she saw me coming in and she was like, are you, are you eating? Are you sleeping? And I was like, no, why? Right. My babies are here and I'm no. And it just like, like now I'm like, well, that's, that's, that's definitely a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like the, I was kind of, I was like, maybe it's just like the baby blues that I talk about. Maybe it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to go away. Um, You know, the the boys came home on Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And um, my husband, he took a week off work and and stayed home, you know, to kind of like get that bonding time that we didn't get. Yeah. Um, Man, NICU twins. Twins. Newborn twins are hard. <laughs> they they are they are really hard. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Not like to say the babies were challenging. It's just that there's more than one baby. <laughs> oh yeah. If you get one fed and asleep, the other one's awake and ready to be fed. And that's like the one thing that like we learned beforehand. I thought I knew a lot because I was like a postpartum nurse. Turns out I knew nothing. <laughs> 
I knew absolutely nothing. I knew how to take care of babies for like the first three days. And then I sent them home mm. with their parents and they figured it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but the one thing that we learned beforehand was like, if one baby wakes up, you wake up the other one. And that mm-hmm. was the only way you were ever going to get any sleep. Um, so yeah, we, that's what we did. <laughs> like, oh, David's up. Guess what, James? You're eating too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my husband stayed home for like a week and then it was like a, it was the Sunday night before he was supposed to go back to work the next day. And he, he sat me down and he was like, you're not right. Mm. Like, I'm worried. I'm mm. really worried. Um, and I'm, I'm nervous to leave the kids with you because it, it was just going to be me and the kids. Like we didn't have yeah. any, um, any like help lined up. We didn't have um, any like a nanny or childcare or anything. Um, and our family, like we didn't have any family that could like come and help at that time. And so it was, it was just going to be me taking care of the kids. And, um, and I was like, I know I'm worried too. Like something's not right. Um, and I told, I think I, I told him I would, I would reach out to like some kind of like counselor or see like, you know, what kind of mental health support I could get because I'd struggled with like depression before, but this was different. This was, it was different. Like I thought like I should be happy now. Like the kids Mm. are home. I got what I wanted. Like they're healthy, but I I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. Uh, Like I couldn't, I was scared all the time. I wasn't sleeping even when I could sleep. Um, Luckily, (laughs) or not so luckily <laughs> that night I ended up getting food poisoning oh. and <laughs> oh my gosh I've never been that sick in my entire life it was so bad <laughs> but my husband ended up staying home I think like another two weeks while I recovered <laughs> I mean both was... a blessing and a curse <laughs> yeah yeah like sort of good not really good oh gosh right 10 out of 10 would not recommend it, but oh. it, it worked for a minute. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm really, I'm really, I'm so lucky to have like the husband that I do. I know I keep like talking mm. about it, but like, I didn't realize that other people like, like not all, all like the dads get up and help. Yeah. And I didn't realize that wasn't a thing. Like for me, like I've never done a night feeding by myself. Mm. I've never gotten up and managed both kids and while my husband like peacefully snooze even like when he didn't go back to work Mm -hmm. and we were both running on like three hours of sleep a night for a long time yeah (laughs) um you know it was just like me and him like we were in it like this team um and now I realize how lucky I am I didn't realize that wasn't the norm yeah (laughs) you know washing my pump parts because um you know, the, the requirement for getting the kids out of the NICU was that they needed to bottle feed. So I was pumping around the clock and thought I had a pretty good supply, well esta- like well-established. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't really focus too much on breastfeeding while they were in the NICU because I just wanted to get them home. I was like, we'll figure yeah. it out later. Um, and once I did get them home and I was trying to latch them, um, the latch didn't feel right and I knew they still didn't really have the stamina to breastfeed because you know it's it's hard work (laughs) I get it um so we you know just tried to keep them growing with the bottle feeding and and attempting to breastfeed but I I knew through my work that like okay the latch shouldn't hurt like this I couldn't see like tongue ties but like normally if I suspect it what I do my job is I refer to lactation lactation looks at them and um, puts in a referral for uh, a tongue tie revision if they need to. So I reached out to a lactation, I made a lactation appointments at a hospital that was a little bit closer to my house. Um, and we went like every week for like a month and then they kept saying that there was nothing wrong. Like, but the latch, it didn't, it, it hurt. It didn't feel right. And I was yeah. bruised and kind of tore up. So I just yeah. said like, I'll just, I'll pump and I'll bottle feed. I'll just, I'll just do that. 
turns out, I found out when I took the kids to the dentist for the first time, they both have like severe lip ties. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and tongue ties. <laughs> um, they probably should have been revised. <laughs> so I was was like, there a oh. reason that they couldn't see it? Um, so they don't really do much for posterior ties. So okay. James just, James was better at latching. Um, and his tie was just posterior and his lip tie wasn't as severe, mm-hmm. but David's, um, like I could see that their, that their tongues were heart shaped. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's an indication that there's, there's some kind of tie. Um, but posterior ties, I knew that, you know, they may or may not affect latching, yeah. but f- for the severity of it, uh, I was like, why does this hurt? Why am I so bruised? You know? Yeah. Like they're telling me that it's it's not a problem, and and I just like trusted the expert, you know, the person that I thought had more knowledge than me, um, and they were saying that it was it was okay. Hmm. So, yeah. Spoiler alert: it was not. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> um, but it was just like one more thing that I was like, I how do I put it? like nothing about my postpartum went the way that I thought it was going to go. And it was one more mm-hmm. way that I thought my body had failed me. And, and, you know, I was like, okay, it didn't make it to term like I had planned. And I had this, mm-hmm. like, I had this picture in my mind of like me taking care of two babies and, you know, it was going to be hard and I was going to be tired, but I was going to shower on a regular basis and my hair was going to be blow dried. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and I wasn't going to cry all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that is not what happens. You know, I thought I was going to like take them to mommy groups and, um, and that's not what happens. You yeah. know, it was the thought of leaving the house after getting two babies, you know, fed and changed and dressed. And then like me pumping and getting that, it was like, we're just not going. I got like 15 minutes until like, they're going to want to eat again. (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, not even long enough to get where I'm going. No, no. (laughs) It was just, you know, so when breastfeeding didn't go the way I thought it was going to go because I thought I was an expert because I was a nurse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was just one more, one more way I was disappointed in myself. Yeah. Um, and and it was just hard. It was yeah. just so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, so I, th- I started seeing a therapist. She wasn't, um, she was very nice. She wasn't specific to like postpartum issues. Yeah. Just like, and I reached out to my, to my insurance and I was like, you know, this is what I'm experiencing. And, um, and one of the social workers at the hospital got me I think they kind of like expedited the the appointment because they were pretty backed up. So I started seeing a, a therapist, I think when the babies were around like two months old. Mm. Um, and I went in, I remember I went into my, my postpartum follow-up appointment and I saw like the doctor that I worked with and uh, she asked me how I was and I was just like, nah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and luckily she, um, she was able to move up the appointment with the, um, psychiatrist that I requested. Um, cause I knew yeah. at this point I was like, this is definitely not okay. Like the yeah. kids are like eight weeks old. I'm still crying and I feel anxious all the time. And this yeah. isn't like myself, you know, um, and and I think a lot of it, like the sleep deprivation had to do with it too, you know, um, yeah. like the, with premature babies, it's just different, you know, what they were uh, almost two months early. So right around, you know, the time that like my, I was, you know, eight weeks, you know, postpartum, it was like, they were when they should have been born. <laughs> yeah it's just different. The milestones are different. The needs are different. You know, you're mm-hmm. not going to get those longer stretches right away because they're so tiny. They have to eat more often. Yeah. Um, and after that, I think, 
I think it's pretty common to have that like initial adrenaline rush <laughs> after you have babies and then, you know, two, three, four weeks in that wears off and you're like, oh, oh yeah. now we're in the marathon portion. This is not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just hard. Yeah. Um, so I think I started seeing a therapist and we, um, I talked to my husband about, uh, getting the, have you heard of the taking care of babies sleep? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the sleep training. Yeah. Um, so we talked to their pediatrician and, um, they said that it was okay for them to like, we were, I I can't do the cry it out thing. I, it's, it's, I know like a lot of people swear by it and it works Mm -hmm. for them and that's awesome. But I, I can't do it to this day. I can't do it. (laughs) Um, I think if you're, if you're already anxious and then like hearing your baby cry, like I know that when I was having a lot of postpartum anxiety, if I heard him crying, it was like, I need to fix this. And if I can't fix this, my world is over. Like I've done everything wrong. And so like the cry it out method was not, not going to help. No, no, I can't, I can't do it. It's just not for me. No. So, um, one of my my girlfriends recommended the taking care of babies and I talked to my husband about it and he was like, well, you know, it could be worth, I think it was, the program was like 70 bucks or something. He's like, it could be, you know, you could spend 70 bucks and it could be worthless or it could be worth $70 million. What right. It could be worth <laughs> getting the full night's sleep. <laughs> so, um, so we started doing that around two months and, um, started seeing results in like a couple of weeks where they went like a three hour stretch, <laughs> which is huge. Life changing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like the first time they went like six hours at night. I was like, Oh my God, I think I'm going to survive. I'm going to mm-hmm. make it. <laughs> yeah. Which just goes to show how much like the sleep deprivation is like real torture. It's it, it can literally torture a new parent. It, it, yeah. And it, I remember I would, I felt so bad because I just, I I wanted to sleep so bad, mm-hmm, but it was mm-hmm. like, I wanted my babies home. Like, and I, mm-hmm. I would get like mad at myself for being frustrated. Like it was just such a confusing, like conundrum to be in where I'm like, why can't you sleep longer? Just leave me alone. But no, I want you here. Like with me all the time. Um, uh, so that helped. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I, I ended up seeing a psychiatrist and it was a really disappointing experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really disappointing. <laughs> um, they did prescribe meds, but I didn't really trust the person that was giving them to me. Yeah. Um, so I didn't take them. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't trust like what she was prescribing or her methods. So I didn't take them. Um, and looking at, you know, what meds probably would have really, really helped me, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, again, it didn't feel right at the time. Yeah. Um, I did, um, I guess through my health insurance, like normally what they're supposed to do is, is like offer women with postpartum depression, a support group. And for whatever mm-hmm. reason that was never presented to me, mm-hmm. um, but luckily the, um, the yoga studio that I've been doing all my prenatal yoga at, um, shout out to unfold yoga OC. They're amazing. (laughs) They had a postpartum support group and, Mm. um, and I went to that, I joined that and, um, it was, they also had like postnatal yoga that you brought your baby to. And it was, it was really, really cool and I think good for me because it was like a safe place where like I could get used to bringing the boys and um you know it didn't matter if your baby cried um you know it didn't matter if they had like a dirty diaper and you had to like stop in the middle and and change them it was it was like it eased that that fear of like going out anywhere um Mm -hmm. and just meeting other moms that were like experiencing the same feelings I was like whoa I'm not so alone. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how isolating new motherhood could be. I had no idea. 
Yeah. Especially like if you're just at home and your husband leaves for the day and you realize I haven't talked to an adult today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had some friends that came over, uh, my friend Jillian from work, she came over and God bless her. She put me down for a nap one day. Oh, how badly I needed someone to tell me it was okay to do that. Yeah. Until she did it. Um, and it was like the kindest, sweetest thing, like of my entire postpartum experience. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it was just so nice of her to do, um, you know, (laughs) so like, Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, like I was still trying to like breastfeed and like exclusively pump and, I still don't know what happened really. I think like when my supply, you know, your supply eventually regulates. Mm-hmm. Um, and when my su- supply regulated, it was like my body didn't recognize that there was a second baby. Mm. Like it, it, I was producing enough for about one baby and, and my kids were, they were, they were, <laughs> they didn't look like preemies at this point. Like even, even now you wouldn't, my husband and I are both tall. Like I'm almost six feet tall. My husband's six two. Mm-hmm. By the time the boys hit their due date, they were over eight pounds each. So like even my husband was like, you never would have been able to fit that much baby in you. That'd be oh like my so- gosh. Could you imagine? I now I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> that would have been so miserable. Yeah. <laughs> that easy breezy pregnancy that I had would not have been easy. Breezy. Oh no. 16 pounds of baby. Um, you know, they were just growing boys and they ate a lot and my body couldn't keep up. Um, mm-hmm. so we were supplementing with formula and, you know, I was still like getting mad at myself for not being able to keep up. It was one more way that my body had failed me. And I think the boys were about four months old and, um, I had them both on like the twin Z pillow, which is like a boppy for twins mm-hmm. in the bed next to me while I was trying to pump. And, you know, David would always fuss when I pumped near him. And it, now I'm like, he probably just smelled it. And he was like, give me the food. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's how he is now. Yeah. <laughs> But at the time it was, I didn't know. I was like, why are you like, as soon as I need to do something with my hands and I can't hold you, you're fussing. And I was like frustrated at my baby. Yeah. And I was like, I need to pump so I can produce milk for you. Cause it was like this thing that I had to accomplish. Yeah. And, and then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to fight this anymore. Like, I have to go back to work eventually and yeah. I'm never going to have this like sweet time with them again. I'm not going to spend all this time hooked up to a pump. Like that mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. I'd rather bond with my babies. And, and I was afraid that I wasn't going to bond with my babies because breastfeeding is supposed to be best for bonding. And I have a great bond with my babies. Yeah. You know, like I, I have a great bond with them. I don't think that it's any different. It would have been any different if they had been like hooked up to my breast the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. So remember that day I just like, I put the pump down and I like snuggled my baby and it was like this like light bulb moment where I was like, you know what? Like, it's okay. Yeah. We're going to be okay. If you take a bottle and it's science milk, not mom's milk, mm. it's going to be okay. Um, I still felt guilty about it. I, I still pumped. The boys were like six and a half months when I stopped pumping. Um, and I was pumping like five times a day and getting like two ounces. So I don't know, like, I think it was like, you know, maybe like the stress and the trauma and the postpartum depression, like all together, it just takes my yeah. eye. My body yeah. was just like done. Your body is probably just exhausted. Yeah, because I I drank all the water, I took all the supplements, I ate all the oatmeal, I I ate all the cookies, (laughs) like I did all the stuff. (laughs) Um, You know, pumped a million times a day, power pumped, followed all the pages on Instagram, nothing was working, you know, and it was like, maybe I just need to like tap out, you know, my babies are going to be okay. Um, Yeah, it was, it was, it was hard to let that go, but 
you know, now I try to make a point of, you know, telling women it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know, even if you just have to supplement for a couple of days until your milk comes in, it's okay. Yeah. Like but at the time I didn't believe that. I think I had to experience it for me to believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The postpartum was, was wild, but it, it got better. Yeah. It just took time. I, to be honest, I kind of felt like I was still postpartum and then I got pregnant again, like three months ago. <laughs> like, aren't I still postpartum? <laughs> yeah. Like it, cause I still felt like my body was still recovering. Um, yeah. I think what's another thing that was common with twin pregnancies is the, um, diastasis recti. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I didn't, realize like how that might affect me so I ended up injuring my back um, and I had to go to physical therapy and and like rehab like my core so I could like pick up my babies and get on with my life um yeah it was like wait so not only am I like mentally not well like now I'm like physically not well like what is going on (laughs) um and luckily like I was I was still doing like the physical therapy exercises I still do them now like just to yeah kind of keep that strength up um it was it was a wild ride I went back to the work when the boys were about five and a half months old um and that was I was scared to go back to work because like mentally I wasn't I wasn't sure I could walk into that NICU and not mm-hmm. fall apart. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to bring my experience into this like sacred time that these other women have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was re- I was really scared. Um, and and it was hard. Like my my first day back at work, I had a NICU mom and a set of identical twins that had oh. made it all the way. And, and they were being discharged home with their mom. And it was like, uh, gut-wrenching. And I feel yeah. so bad saying that. But I was so jealous. I was like, why, yeah. why didn't I get to? Um, you know, I spent a few months whenever I would see like twins on the floor or a Nikki mom, I would have to go to the bathroom and like cry and collect myself and then come back because I didn't want to bring like my own issues into this, into their space. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. to like hold that space for them. Um, and I think I did a pretty good job. I don't think anybody yeah. knew that I was crying in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now I talk about it a little bit more. Um, yeah. And I don't feel as much shame as I did before. Um, but I also got a new therapist and started working through those issues. So I think that's probably helping. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they, I didn't traumatize anybody with this story. It's more <laughs> that. Like my, no. my postpartum experience, I had like some really like beautiful moments. Like, yeah, that's the thing about postpartum is like, it's both horribly messy physically and emotionally, but also it's really beautiful when you're holding your newborn baby. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got to see like these little miracles, like smile and, and hold their heads up and like things that like maybe wouldn't be such a big deal, but I was like, Oh my gosh, like you're doing it. Yeah. And you're like, gets, you get so excited about the littlest things and the littlest milestones and that. I think that's just like, I don't know, part of, part of being a mother, but (laughs) you like, are like, you're doing this totally normal thing. I'm so proud of you. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, like I, I got to meet some incredible moms through that postpartum yeah. support group. We're still on a group text today. I love like, that. I love yeah, that. it's it. There's, I don't even. I think there's like ten of us on this group text, and I, I'm so grateful to those moms because like I can like text them and be like. Man, today, like David will not nap. He's been in his mm-hmm. crib. I don't know what to do. He's still yelling. I keep going in. They'll be like, oh yeah, like my baby did this and this and this. Like, yeah. I, 
and or like you know what you're not a bad mom because you felt this way like I felt like that too and you're not alone and it's just like having that community um mm-hmm. has been life-changing you know having having my friend Jillian put me down for a nap but I didn't know that I needed it yeah like life-changing like I think like those like moments with with those people are like the it almost like reminds me of like being on the monkey bars and you're like swinging towards like the next bar you know Mm -hmm. like those are the people that are like you can do it like you're gonna you're gonna make it across this and it's gonna be okay um I hope that other women find that kind of community you know I know it's really hard right now with pandemic and COVID and not having those mom groups like I was able to go to but I hope that other women can like build their village like that because it was so incredibly life-changing for me yeah just having a little bit of grace you know talking giving myself a little bit of grace and I think being honest about my feelings with other people was really really important too because some things like I didn't want to tell my husband I didn't want to tell mm-hmm. him I was having like these intrusive thoughts yeah and I remember I James and I think it was like with the, because of the NEC and I was always so afraid of losing him yeah. that I like hyper focused on him and I became like convinced when they were like three months old that James was gonna get like cancer mm. and he was gonna die and I was gonna yeah. have to bury my baby and then I was just gonna look at David and see like a little carbon copy of James's face and I was mm-hmm. like I played this scenario through my head like really really detailed and and it went on for a couple of weeks and I texted one of my friends one night and I was like dude I'm having these thoughts yeah just tell me you know tell me go through it and um and I knew that she had struggled with anxiety and postpartum and and I felt like she was a safe person to turn to and she was and she just like walked me through it Uh, it was I'm so grateful that I was able to like go to someone and tell them you know yeah um, I hope that other people find that kind of support yeah and it was so important for me and yeah. when you th- think about I think when you're in those intrusive thoughts you think people are going to think I'm a horrible person people are going to think I'm a horrible mom and so you don't want to tell somebody but then it almost always seems like you tell somebody and they're like okay let me hug you let me support you let me love you let me be here for you. It's never yeah. the worst case scenario that you think it is. Yeah. Like I thought that I was like going to manifest this into mm. reality if I yeah. like spoke it out loud. Yeah. And it was more like I just needed to like talk about it with someone mm-hmm. so they could say like, you know what? I've, I've been in that hole too, mm-hmm. but let me like walk you through it and, and get you over here. This is like where we are right now. You're safe. Be safe. None of that is happening right now, mm-hmm. and and everyone's okay in this moment. Like, yeah, bring you back down to like this moment right now. Yeah, you like start living life just in your head because, I mean, you're with babies all the time, so you do live life in your head. It's just kind right? of like sometimes you're like, did I say that out loud? Am I talking to myself? Like this <laughs> thought seems so loud in your head, and they seem so clear that you start to believe them. And I think that that is one of the hardest parts about when you get those intrusive thoughts is you believe them because they live so, so rent free and loudly in your mind. Totally. Totally. And then they just start to like push out all the joy of these moments. Yeah. You know, so just, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad to not be there. Um, so I don't know now that I'm pregnant again, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to like build a, a toolbox now just in yeah. case, um, you know, I get into trouble again because yeah. who knows what's going to happen. I'm really hoping that everybody's right. And one baby's a lot easier than two. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, there's something to the fact that you've experienced a lot and, there are probably things like trauma can relive itself or, but it seems like you're very much aware of your experiences. And so just, I think being aware of what you've already experienced and how you could handle it differently or better, whatever the next time around 
if whatever worst case scenario happens, you know, you, you have a lot of tools that you didn't have the first time already. Yeah. And I'm trying to talk more openly and honestly about my postpartum experience now because I felt so much shame before. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I felt so ashamed that I delivered early and that breastfeeding didn't work out. And that I, instead of being overjoyed that my babies were home, I was devastated for months. Yeah. Um, I felt just like shame at being jealous when I saw other twin moms go to term. Um, mm. and I'm trying to like talk about those things now. So they don't have so much power, Yeah. Um, but also like let people know where I'm at now so that um, it's not so isolating. Yeah. You know, they can check in on me and, and I can let people help me. Yeah. Because I wasn't really good about that last time either. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard. It is. I mean, I had like the superstar husband that did like literally everything in mm. his power that he could like, but it even got like, so like the boys would like root on my husband and I would get like low key jealous. <laughs> You're like, it's me. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> it's like they're just babies. They're just being, it's just, they're just looking. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I won the lottery with him. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's easier for him next time too. Yeah. I love that though. That's so awesome that he's so supportive and kind and helpful and it sounds just like he he's a rock star he totally is like I know I keep talking about it but I really did not realize until recently like how not the norm he was yeah (laughs) like I'm just so surprised yeah (laughs) yeah you know postpartum is a it's a wild ride I hope that people I thought that I was prepared for it and Mm -hmm. um it turns out I wasn't. So yeah, hopefully this talk kind of helps somebody else. <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> yeah. What would you say you feel like you've like learned? I mean, you've shared a lot about what you've already learned, but like if you could sum up like your words of wisdom for your postpartum self in a couple months and other postpartum women, what would you say? It's they just please forgive yourself if things don't go according to your plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you didn't do anything wrong. I think now I'm trying, the way I kind of like see it is that like, that wasn't my birth. It was theirs. And they Mm -hmm. came when they wanted to. And they very much do whatever they want now. (laughs) Why would it be any different from the beginning? (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, focus on those, like, especially if there's a indication you, you might have postpartum depression, like, or, or you might be at higher risk for it. I would like, I would, I would start like gathering those resources beforehand because it's a lot easier to like pick up those tools when they're already in front of you than have to search for them in the dark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for twins, like I would die without the twinsy pillow. We still use it. <laughs> um, and the taking care of babies program probably saved my sanity and my yeah. husband. <laughs> yeah. I think if, if more of us could just like forgive ourselves for not being the perfect mom yeah. from the get go, things might be a little bit easier. I think it would have been easier for me if I had just been like, you know what, Lindsay, it's okay that things didn't go according to your plan. Mm-hmm. Get better down the road. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm we'll looking. Say. I want to. I want to like re-talk to you after you have your baby again, and like rework out some of this stuff, and you're on your next postpartum journey too. I'm so down. Hopefully, Let's I'll do have it. some like <laughs> like better words of wisdom, and uh... <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a totally different experience too. So it'll be interesting to hear. I'm sure I'll try to control it again and it'll go outside of my control and it'll just be another lesson. <laughs> but yes, let's totally do it. It'll be fine. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I loved 
everything you had to say. It was, I think, incredibly insightful, especially for I've never experienced preemie or twins or whatever, but, you know, just hearing your experience, I think it really helps me to understand how to care for other people in my life that are going to have those experiences. And you're so strong and such a trooper and I can't even, I don't know, you're just one of those moms that I'm like, so amazed by, you know, you're amazed by the NICU nurses and I'm very amazed by you. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. This was really awesome. Thanks for putting on this podcast for people too. I think it's going to help a lot of people. That's the dream. (laughs) (laughs) It will. If you're struggling with symptoms of postpartum depression, anxiety, or rage, I encourage you to talk about it with someone who feels safe. Your partner, OB, or pediatrician may be good places to turn to express your feelings. Feel free to visit my Instagram bio for other resources at Speaking Postpartum. And if you're feeling any feelings about hurting yourself, please call the National Mental Health Hotline at 1-800-662-HELP.